Hello and welcome to Mosaic Life Church's podcast. We believe that everyone can find hope and healing in Christ. My name is Jack Gonzalez, the lead pastor here at Mosaic. and We hope that you enjoy today's message and you're blessed by it. At the end of the message, I'll share some contact information with you. If you do have any further questions, you can connect with us. Have a blessed day. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning and all that you're doing you know, in worship, God, there were so many things that you were making our hearts tender and preparing us for the things that you have. Here's the thing, Father, we know that you're present. We know that you're in this room. We know that you desire to do and work in our lives. You know the hearts that have been hurting. You know the people that have been struggling. You know the feelings and the emotions, the things that have happened or even right before we got here. You know what happened yesterday. But Father, you are here. And in your presence, there's freedom. In your presence, there's healing. There's nothing that you cannot do. And so I pray, Father, as we dive deeper into this, Father, you would reveal to us your word. Give us understanding because we know that understanding only comes from you. So Holy Spirit, release that to us and speak to us. Bring conviction. Bring your blessing. Bring your encouragement. Bring your challenge. Bring your favor. Bring us your knowledge, Father. And may we respond to you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, let me say this about this series, and I, and I kind of already mentioned this, but let me say it again because I really want this to be stamped in us and in our hearts and minds. Getting to know God further and deeper is one of the best things that anyone can ever do in this life. Would you agree? We would agree. Listen, every night with my son, my son's eight years old, and every night before I'm putting him down for bed, he asks me for two things. Number one, he asks me if I can scratch his back. He likes that. That gets him in the right place, and he's just, he just, come. <laughs> hey, that's a good place, somebody said. And the second thing that he asks me is he asks him, me to tell him a story of a time when I was younger. And so I'll share with him a time, and he, you know, he, he just likes it. And I can imagine within himself, like, he feels like he's getting to know his dad a little bit more. Like, not just who I as, as dad, but he's getting to know me in my seasons and my life and who I am and my journey and my experiences. And I can imagine him coming to that place like, okay, I'm getting to know my dad further. You know, that's exactly what we're doing in this series. Know him by name. We're getting to know him by examining his word and getting to know him further and deeper. And today we continue that. Uh, now, let me say this as we get into this a little further. Many of you have heard of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, did you know that God had to give Moses the Ten Commandments a second time because Moses had smashed the first set of the stone tablets? You know, Moses had gone up to the mountain and God had carved out, God carved, God carved two stone tablets and he writes on them the Ten Commandments. He's preparing this to give to Moses so that Moses will give to the people and the people will know how to live. The people will know how to follow God. Well, Joshua, who's not far from Moses, but says Moses is in a little higher place. Joshua says to Moses, hey, Moses, I hear, I hear war in the camp. We got to hurry up and get down because they're fighting. There's something happening. And then Moses responds to Joshua and he says to him, that's not war. That's celebration." Something's going on down there in the camp. And so Moses and Joshua, they travel down and they get down there to the foot of the, of the mountain. And guess what they find? They find the people 
worshiping this handcrafted golden calf. And they're dancing and they're celebrating and they're doing all of this. And this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says here in Exodus chapter 32, verse 19. It says this, and it came about as soon as Moses approached the camp and he saw the calf and the people dancing and Moses' anger burned and he threw the tablets from his hands and shattered them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. Could you imagine Moses in this moment? I mean, how long was I gone? I was just up there talking to the Lord. How long was I gone before your heart was turned to something else? Did you forget how God blessed you? Did you forget how God saved you, how he set you free? Did you forget how good God has been in your life? Why are you even alive? How are you here? How are you? How? If it was not for God, did you forget his mercy? Did you forget his grace acting like fools, acting like orphans? I just went up to the top of the mountain to talk to God. And I came and I come down to bring you his word. And this is how I see you behaving. Your hearts have turned to something else. Church, where do our hearts turn to? Where do our hearts get turned to? Could it be the enemy's plan to turn your heart away from God? Could that be the enemy's plan? Well, you know what? I love the Lord. I, I love the Lord. How can, what do you mean? Would he turn my heart? What do you mean? Could it be the enemy's plan to turn your heart away from the Lord just a little bit? Just a little bit so that you don't even realize and you recognize, but yeah, yeah, I love the Lord. Yeah, but part of your heart is in another area. Could that be the enemy's plan to slowly turn your heart away and turn it and turn it and turn it and turn it until you realize that you're, that you're far away from God, that you're actually not there where you think that you're at? See, Moses came down to the mountain. He faced this really big mess, and he begins to clean it up, and God disciplines the people. And then a bit later, God says this to Moses in Exodus chapter 34, verse 1. He says, now the Lord said to Moses, Cut for yourself two stone tablets. I want you to see this. God cut the first tablets, and now he tells Moses, now you're going to cut them. You cut these tablets. I'm going to write on them, God says, but you're going to cut them. He says, cut, cut out for yourself two stone tablets like the former ones, and I will write on the tablets the words that were on the former tablets which you smashed. God recognizes Moses' anger. God's like, listen, I'm upset too. Look, I don't like, but I, I, we're going to be clear. You smashed the tablets, Moses. <laughs> and you're going to cut the new ones, and I'm going to write on them, God says. And God writes on them, and he presents them this. But this is what, what, what happens here in Exodus chapter 34, verses 10 through 17. We're going to read all these passages here. And, and again, this is getting to know him further by name. Understand this as we're approaching his scripture, his holy word. This is about getting to know him further, deeper. Verse 10. Then God said, behold, I'm going to make a covenant before all your people. I will perform miracles which, you have, which have not been produced in all the earth, nor among any of the nations. And all the people among you, among whom you live will see the working of the Lord, for it is a fearful thing that I'm going to perform with you. Be sure to comply with all that I'm commanding you this day. Behold, I'm going to drive out the Amorite from you and the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Pezzarite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. And then verse 12 is a major warning for us today. This is what it says. 
Be careful that you do not make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land in which you are going, or it will become a snare in your midst. Major warning. A major warning for each and every one of us. He was speaking to the people there, but he says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world's. If you do, it will be a snare for you, snare in your midst, meaning this, it will slowly lock you up and imprison you and get you stuck. And you'll be like that Christian that says, yeah, I love the Lord. Yeah, but it feels like you're stuck. You can't go. You can't progress. You can't mature. You can't. You're, you're like trying to experience this freedom, but you don't know what you keep involving yourself with. So he says, be careful that you don't make a covenant with the inhabitants of the lands. Whatever it is the world is doing, let me get a little bit of that. Oh, that feel good. That feels right. Let me go ahead and get myself involved with that. And you don't know what's entangling you, what is, what is becoming a stronghold in you, what is becoming something that grasps you by the ankle. And it seems like, I love the Lord Jesus. Yeah, but you can't move from where you're at. You can't, you can't step into the goodness of God. You can't do that because something is holding you down. Watch out that you don't get caught up by some trap trying to, try, trying to be like the world. Verse 13, the Bible says, But rather you are to tear down their altars and smash their memorial stones and cut down their ashram. I want you, I want, I want you to understand this in, in this particular context for us today when I feel like the Lord is telling us there is going to be some areas of, in your life that the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you. And this is what you're going to have to do in your own home, in your own family, in your own life. You are going to have to tear down. You are going to have to smash. You are going to have to cut down what is not right and what is not of God in your home verse 14 for you shall not worship any other god because the lord whose name is jealous someone say whose name is jealous is a jealous god otherwise you might make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land and they would prostitute themselves with their gods and sacrifice to their gods and some and someone might invite you Invite you to eat of his sacrifice and you might take some of his daughters for your sons and his daughters might prostitute themselves with their gods and cause your sons also to prostitute themselves with their gods. You shall not make for yourselves any gods cast in metal. Very key here. In verse 15. And someone might invite you. See, the problem is, for the longest time, we've thought as of the devil as somebody who's holding a red pitchfork and got red horns on his head. I tell you all the time, look out. See the devil coming from a mile away. Recognize him before he gets to you. Don't let him creep up on you. But the thing is, you're looking for uh, uh, some red horns to roll up on you. No, 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 he don't come like that. He comes with whatever brings you comforts. He, he comes with, 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 with a smiling face. He comes with some bright lights. He comes with like, hey, come over here. Just chill. Just chill with us. Come, come, come here. Come, come be a part of this. Come, 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 come over here. It's, it's nice and comfortable. It's good. He, that's the invitation. The invitation is come and, 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 and come and enjoy this. This will make you feel good. This will put your mind right. This will satisfy you. This will make you feel good. Come. That's the invitation. In 2023, that's the invitation in this generation. And the enemy's using is the tactic. He's just rolling it out. Here we go. 
People walk in it like it's the red carpet. Hey, walk into the things that they don't even realize that they're walking into. And God's like, listen, I don't want you around that. You got to get, you got to understand God's heart here. You got to understand his heart. See, Moses comes down from the mountain after finishing talking with God for a second time, and he has these new tablets, and he's ready to present them with the people, but his, his face is shining. It is, it, it's shining. It has this glow about it, and so every time he talks with the people, he has to put this veil over his head, and he talks with them, and he takes it off when he comes to talk with God again, and he, and he has this brilliance about him. He had been in the presence of God. See, in the presence of God, it'll do some things in your life. You seek his presence, it'll, it'll do something. You don't stay the same Unless you're there trying to fight God, you go step into his presence. No, don't, don't touch me. But it's here that God reveals more of himself, reveals more of his presence. And he tells us that he is Jehovah Kana, the Lord whose name is Jealous. And it could be pronounced this way, El Kana. And in the Hebrew, it, it's, it actually says that it is consuming fire, jealous God. Consuming fire, jealous God. Now, now I, I want us to get this, and we, must, we absolutely must get this, because understanding this is everything. This is everything, okay? This is absolutely everything. This is everything for the rest of your journey, your walk with God. This is everything with what we're about to get into right now. This is, this is everything. Because... God being a consuming fire, jealous God, this is not your boyfriend, girlfriend, high school drama, okay? You remember those days? This ain't that. This is not, uh, oh, where's my boo at? Let me track them on the app real quick. This is not that, okay? This is not that. This is a holy version of jealousy that God has for his people. That's what this is. This is a holy version of jealousy. Do you understand that God is jealous for you? Do you understand that? Do you get that? Do you get that God is jealous for you? Because I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we get that. What is it that takes your time, your energy? What is it that takes the smile on your face? What is that thing that puts that smile on your face? God is jealous for you. Do you understand that you are loved by him? Do you understand that? You know, in John chapter 3, verse 16, we read this passage, and I think that a lot of people are familiar with this. Sometimes they don't even know it, but they're like, oh, John 3, 16, I know that. But I think sometimes we really don't get a good grasp on what that means. The Bible says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And I think that the problem is a lot of times we only, we read that verse and we only take out what we get out of it. Like whatever, like, like if this is for me, like I'm going to take out what, what God wants to give me, then I'm going to take that. And we don't actually look at God when we read it. We don't actually think about what is God saying because it says right here, for God so loved, for God. Who did it? For God so loved the world. Who did this? This is, this is about, and so many times we misinterpret or we miss what God is trying to do. And we miss that this is actually his love being poured out. We only read the second part. Well, oh God, well, oh, this is what I get then. I, 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 I'm, I have eternal life. 
They only think about what, we, what, what you get out of the verse. And the problem is we treat a lot of things in life based on what we get out of them. And I think that's what gets us in trouble. I think that's what turns our hearts. See, I'm thinking about the Israelites at the foot of that mountain, and they're waiting for Moses to come up there. And how long was it before the next thing you know that their heart was turned to something else? How did that happen? Because we're always looking to see what we can get out of something. And the next thing you know, our heart is turned. Next thing you know, it's like, yeah, well, we still love the Lord. I could imagine the people coming down. Oh, Moses, you're back. Oh, yeah, we love the Lord, but we also got this thing right here we worship till we do, you know, it's. This is exactly what gets us in trouble. You know, I love my children. What would I not do for them, right? What would you not do for your children? This summer, we sent a team, you sent a team, to build two houses in Nicaragua. And during that trip, we got to visit a local elementary school. I want you to see this picture here of them. See, these kids right here, and the whole reason why this school was built was to get them out of the garbage dump because they were in the garbage dump with their parents. And so this school was constructed, and now they have, they're getting an education every day, and this is part of the plan, you know, to build the houses, to build the community, get the kids out of the dump, and then, you know, get the parents out, get them in different jobs and get them in different places. But this school right here was constructed for these kids. Guess where their parents are at in this very moment while they're in class? They're in the dump. They're in the landfill, and they're sorting through garbage, and they're in all the elements. Okay, it's not any type of sanitary place. The government's not even paying them to be there. They're doing this for themselves to sort things to see what they can find, what they can sell, so they can live and survive. They're doing this for their family. They're doing this for these kids. And so these kids are going to school. These kids are getting this education. And their parents, in the moment that this picture was taken, are literally in the landfill. Are literally there in the moment. What would parents not do for their children? What would your heavenly father not do for you? And yet your heart is turned somewhere else. You say, well, I love the Lord. Yeah, but part of you is not all there. I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about this. Part of you is, is somewhere else. You need to understand this. God is holy. He is a holy God. And he has a holy jealousy for you. And so the only way for you and I to connect with him who is holy is he had to give up his son. What would he not give up for you? Oh, I think, oh, eternal life, heaven, yeah, heaven. No, no, no. Do not miss what he gave up for you as God evaluated the situation. Okay, I am jealous for them. My relationship with them means more than anything else. So, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Okay, you know what? i got to give up my child so that I can be in relationship with them. He gladly hands over Jesus so that you and him can have something. So that you and him can have some type of relationship. He's jealous for you. Do you understand this? You are loved. You are loved. He is jealous for you. How should this change the way we live our life? You know, Jehovah Kana is mentioned six times in the first testament of the Bible. 
And the first time is right here in Exodus 34. And God is not at all happy with the people and how they've been behaving. You see, what you have to understand is about these people who are at the foot of the mountain and they're dancing and they're celebration. This idol represents their source. It represents their strength. It represents their peace. It represents their joy. It represents what, what makes them feel good. It, it, it's what grounds them. It's what steers them. God's perfect love for them is not being returned. It's not being reciprocated. Right? Have you ever loved someone, but they didn't love you back the way that you loved them? Has that ever happened? That don't feel good, right? I bet you it didn't feel good. Whether it was a significant other, a family member, a friend, whoever. Think about the way that he feels. When so many Christians claim they love him, but they live like they barely know him. I mean, they certainly, they certainly, people around you can certainly can't tell that you are that you are a Christ follower. God, who looks deep into the hearts of people, He certainly can't tell. Behaving like you don't know Him, getting involved in all kinds of perverse jokes, listening to things. Well, it's just because the beat, and I like the rhythm, and I like the flow of it. Yeah, but it's like from the devil. Would you just see this? Watching things that you shouldn't see. And I keep telling us what you let in here and what you let in here become, become, become strongholds in your life. Well, I love the Lord. I get that you like love the Lord, but live like it. Can anyone tell that you love the Lord? Live like it. Many Christians claim they love him, but they live like they barely know him. Let me ask you, church, where are you finding your strength? Where are you finding your joy? Where are you finding your peace? Is it outside of God? What in this life is bringing you satisfaction that is not God? Well, it's just because I have to go to it. Once I, once I just go to it and I'm just like, ooh, okay, well, I'm ready to take on the day now. I just, ooh, what is that? Because that needs to be eliminated. Because that is hindering you. Because that is pull, that that has you don't realize that has a part of your heart. It should be God. Woo! I just got I had an amazing time in God's Word and His and His presence and in prayer and other. Now I'm ready to tackle the day. God needs to be your source. God needs to be your strength. And I'm not saying don't have hobbies. Have hobbies. Have a pet. Enjoy sports. Enjoy activities. Take interests. What I'm saying. And what God's word is teaching us this morning is that nothing in your life should be your strength, your joy, or your peace outside of God. Nothing in this life should, should have that place. Let your strength be found in God. Let your joy be found in God. Let your peace be found in God. Let everything you do flow from your relationship with God. Because he's jealous for you. He's jealous for you. Listen, 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 listen. He can't handle you stepping out on him. Do you understand that? Does that make sense to you? He can't handle you. Well, you got this relationship with him. Yeah, but you also got somebody on the side. Does that, does that make sense for us? God's like, no, I, it's, it's got to be us. You can't be having anybody on the side. You can't, you cannot be doing that. It's, it's got to it's gotta be a real relationship right here. 
And he knows you ain't perfect. He knows. He's not, he's, he's not, he's, he's not confused at all. He knows you ain't perfect. But that's why he sent his son. That's why he was willing to give him up. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, while that was still our lifestyle, he sent his son. But when you truly receive his son, chains break and your heart is supposed to turn to where it should be. Not staying some other type of place. He shows his love for us. Why do we have a tough time showing our love for him? Why is it? You know, my first two, my first two born, my first, yeah, they're 20 months apart. And they compete a lot. I don't know why they're always competing. If you've got some children or they compete or if you've got, if you're a, you got a sibling that you compete with, they always compete a lot. I don't know what it is. I feel like sometimes they're not even as competitive with people outside in sports and other areas as they are in the house. But they're growing, okay? They're getting it. But they compete a lot. And, I mean, it'll become all kinds of silly things, a wide range of things. But one of the things it was this last year, it was like, Mommy and Daddy, Bella didn't pray before she took a bite. Or Jonah didn't pray before he took a bite. I'm like, guys, this is what we're being competitive about? Serious? Okay, they're growing, right? Remember this last year, so now they're homeschooled, but last year they, you know, they were. And so we picked them up from school. Hey, how was your day? You know, good, yeah. Uh, what'd you learn? I don't remember, you know. Uh, and then I just throw in something else because I see them being competitive with each other at home. I say, so did you, uh, did, did you pray before you eat? Oh, I forgot. Oh, so you only remember when it's time to be competitive with your brother and sister at home, huh? That's the only time you remember. Do you know what satisfies God's love for you? Because God loves you, and he's willing to give up anything so that the relationship could take part. He is so jealous for you. I, don't, I want you to get it. He is jealous for you, like jealous. He is jealous for you. Do you know what will satisfy God's love for you? It's when love is reciprocated. When you love him back, genuinely, sincerely, wholly, not halfly, not partially. But you say, God, you know what? I'm all yours. And that might mean that you might have to let go of some things. Give up some areas. And I know that the Holy Spirit is already beginning to reveal some things to you, and I get that. He's here. He's here right now. But the only thing that will satisfy God's love, the only thing that's going to put a smile on his face, the only thing that's going to bring him to a place, man, is when that love is reciprocated. He is willing to do anything for you. He is jealous for you. Will you be humble enough to turn to him?
on one occasion, Jesus is being tested by the religious leaders, and they question him, and then he gives them an amazing answer, and another group steps up, and they're like, okay, let me test Jesus. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 38. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, one group of religious leaders, right? The Pharisees got up, another group. They got together, and one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your minds. This is the first and greatest commandment. You know the second one and what the Bible says about that, but, but I want you to see this. The greatest commandment is to love God. You want to reciprocate God's love for you? Love him with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your minds recognize whatever it is that has taken your heart and lay it before the Lord. Give it to God. God will take it from you. He'll take that thing. He'll break that thing. He'll smash it. He'll, 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 he'll remove it in your life. But you're going to have to trust him with whatever it is that you have found comfort in. Whatever it is that has been a, a source of strength, a source of love, whatever that area is, you're going to have to surrender it to the Lord. He's jealous for you. God doesn't want anything to receive your personal devotion that should be given to him. He doesn't want that. Listen, do you remember here at the beginning I told you that Hebrew for Jehovah Kana, Kana means consuming fire, jealous God. See, I want you to understand that this is even so much more about you than it is about him. Because he's jealous for you. Listen. The tactics of the enemy are to steal you away. God wants to win you back. He wants to win you back. He sends his son. What am I saying? The, devil, the devil's attacks are to take you away from God, to distract you, to harm you, to kill you, to hinder you, to lock you up, and he's jealous. Again, I told you this is more about you than it is him. But we learn so much about him because God sees you entangled with something else. And you say, but I love the Lord. Yeah, but your heart is still. A piece of you is over there. And God is looking at it and he's seeing it. He's saying, listen, it's not that I, I, I it's not that I'm going, it's not that I hate you or I, I have I, I, I have some grudge against you because you're over there. It's it's this is not that type of jealousy. This type of jealousy is this. God does not want whatever it is that you've turned to to continue to harm you because that's what it's doing. It's harming you. It's hurting you. It's hindering you. It's taking you. It's locking you up. It's enslaving you. It's doing all of these things in your life, and God sees it. And he says, I don't want that to continue. I'll do anything to win you back. I want you back here with me, this relationship. I'll give up my son. I want you back because you don't know. Yeah, but it just brings me joy. It just brings me peace. It just, yeah, I just feel better. I'm able to tackle the weak when I do it, when I experience it, when I'm around it, when I watch it, when I listen to it. And God's like, you don't know how it's hurting you. You don't see what's happening in the spirit. You don't see what's happening in your life. You don't see how that action is hurting you two years down the road. You don't see what it's leading to. But God sees. Because he is certainly not limited by any time or scope. 
God can be in the past. He can be in the present. He can be in the future. He's already in your two years from now. He's not limited by that in any way. He's jealous for you. So the question is, will you stand up and choose him? Will you? Or rather, will you humble yourself and choose him? Listen, don't be confused. This message isn't about the, the, the baby believer. And certainly there's parts of this, this is for you. But this is for the mature believer. This is for the one that's been walking in Christ. This is the one that says, yeah, I'm a Christian. This is for you. That you would begin to recognize and see whatever it is that you've been entangled with. Yes, you love the Lord. Yes, you've been walking with him. But your heart is in another place. Will you let that go? Will you humble yourself and choose him? Will you recognize the error of your ways and choose him? Remember, I mentioned to you that the Lord disciplines the people after they were caught worshiping the calf. And Moses, Moses smashes the tablets, the first set. So Moses calls this assembling. He essentially what he does is he draws a line in Exodus chapter 32, verses 25 through 36, and when Moses saw that the people were out of control, for Aaron had let them cut, get out of control to the point where they were being object of, they were, they were being an object of ridicule among their enemies. Let me pause there for a moment. See, we don't always think about this in terms of, we think about, oh, when somebody gets saved, the angels in heaven rejoice. Yeah, but you don't understand the devil and the celebration that they have when they see a believer that's been walking in the Lord, but their heart is turned to something else. And they're like, yeah, we got one of them to turn their heart a little bit. And the devil is celebrating and his demons are celebrating because they got you by the ankle and they're holding on. In verse 26, Moses then stood at the gate of the camp and said, whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered together to him. Had to make a line. How to make a decision. Listen, are we going to be about this? Or are we not going to be about this? Are we going to be that lukewarm? Are we going to be that wishy-washy? Are we going to be just, 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 you know, it, are we going to, you know, still play with this and but, but be with the Lord and not really be serious? But one day I will. But, but is that what it's going to be about? And God's like, listen. Here's the line. Are you going to choose me or you're not? You're going to be about it. And that means that you're going to be perfect. You're never going to make a mistake. That's why I sent Jesus. I know you ain't perfect. But you're going to be about it or you're not going to be about it. Because lukewarm just isn't going to fly anymore. This is about your maturity in the Lord. Some people like staying babies. Yeah, I just like staying a baby forever. I don't ever want to grow up. This ain't a Toys R Us kids. So this ain't that. Walk in the Lord. Mature in the Lord. Would you stand with me? This is my challenge here for us. This is what the Lord impressed in my heart. Humble yourself and love him right by giving him his place. You know, this, this first part of this is humble yourself. Is you got to come to the place where, yeah, you know what, I love Jesus. But the truth is, the truth, the truth, the truth is that part of my heart has been in this other place. And I got to let it go. I got I to gotta give it up. I promise you that as you hand to the Lord, God will take 
he will break and he will smash and he will remove. But you have to hand over. If you are like this, God's not coming to your life and going to rip out of your hands. But God does want to see what you hand over. If you hand it over, he'll take it. But if you say, ah, let me just hold on to this for a little while long, he's not going to rip it out of your hands. You're going to have to let it go in the sense that you're going to have to give it up. Here you go. So humble yourself. God, open a door and let pride right out. Let pride off of every person right now in Jesus' name. May we humble ourselves before you and recognize the error of our ways. This is about us and you. This is about you and us, God. And you are jealous for us. And you don't want to see us being caught up in any more of those things that are hurting us, that are harming us, that are leading us to a slow death, that are killing us on the inside, that are quenching that fire. They're, they're, they're blowing it out. They're throwing water on it. It's not what it used to be, God, but you want to free us from all of that. So give us today, God, some boldness. Give us some strength. Give us some security. Give us something, God. Give us some, some power within us. That we can hand over, that we can let go, that we can lay at your feet and say, Jesus, please take this, please take this, please take it. Yeah, I've been, yeah, you, you know, you know, but I give it to you. Let him take it. Father, bless your church. Stir our hearts, God. You're doing a wonderful thing, and I thank you for all that you're doing. Continue to do that good work. We need you. We are your sons and your daughters, and you have set this day just for us. You woke us up and you got us here. One way or another, you got us here. We didn't even know how it was going to be, but it worked out and you brought us here. And today is the day between you and us. Today is that divine appointment. Today, chains are broken. Today, we're freed. Today, there's miracles, signs, and wonders in Jesus' name. Today, we feel God's presence, maybe for the first time, maybe again, maybe it's been a while. Today, we encounter God. Today, we find the freedom. Today, in Jesus' mighty name. Hey, Pastor Jack here. I hope you enjoyed today's message and were blessed by it. If you did have any questions or prayer requests or wanted to connect with us further, I did want to share with you our email address. You can certainly find more information about us at mosaiconline.org. If it's in Spanish, mosaiconline.org slash ES. Um, but you can also email us here. and You can email us at helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. That's helpdesk, H-E-L-P-D-E-S-K, helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. And you can send your message to us right there. We'd love to connect with you. That messages will get forwarded over to me and our team, our pastors, our staff, and we would love to help you and pray with you and come alongside you. God bless you.